Langenkamp, and you're listening to Geeks of the Industry. Hello, Insomniacs, and welcome to another episode of the Creature Features Podcast on GeeksOfTheIndustry.com. I'm your host. My name is Chunky Larry, and it has been a long time since I've said that particular phrase. Um, I guess this is the best place to do some house cleaning, if you will, uh, explain kind of what's been going on since episode 200 of the Creature Features Podcast. Um, you know, I I don't know if you listened to episode 200. If you hadn't, go back and check it out. Um, but I was contemplating whether or not that was going to be the end. If uh, everything was going to be done, and if I was going to close up shop, because uh, as explained in episode 200, I got a job life and had some health issues, so I ended up going to work, joining the workforce, and uh, just time is, you know, real, real touchy, and I legitimately uh, was contemplating just hanging up the headphones for good. I even, at one point, uh, made a public announcement on Facebook, and you know Facebook is forever, that I was essentially done doing the podcast and I, you know, resigned myself to that idea and, you know, I was gone for a couple months, um, a little more than a couple months and while I was at work, I was listening to other people's podcasts, you know, it, it, it was hard at first not to podcast and then it got easier, um, and then... 
towards you know October, I started really uh, missing doing podcasts, and I started listening to my old shows. I know that sounds narcissistic, and it is. Podcasting is a narcissistic, uh, you know, endeavor, in just in general. And I listened to episode 200. I listened back to it. And listening back to it, I was like, this is about as good of a goodbye as you could do. You know, to, to say goodbye to a show that I've loved dearly. I, I, I feel like I, you know, when I was wrapping up, it was an unintentional goodbye because I wasn't sure if it was goodbye. And, uh, yeah, I listened to 200 and I said, this is, this is clearly a good way to go out. You know, if I, if I were to come back now, I kind of undo that good goodbye. Sort of like what they did in, uh, Rise of Skywalker, where they brought back Palpatine, and it kind of undermined uh, Darth Vader's sacrifice to kill Palpatine. That's that's a different subject for a different podcast altogether. Uh, <clears throat> but I, you know, I was burnt out. I was doing a shit ton of podcasts on this, you know, stream as well as other streams, and I was missing out on things, missing out on my family, and you know, working. And it just, it was, you know, it was too much. It was daunting. It was overwhelming. And I toyed with the idea of doing this monthly. Um, but, you know, like I said, I listened to episode 200 and thought, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good way to say goodbye rather than overstaying your welcome. And I made peace with the idea. But then I listened to the Horror Hall of Fame and, um, I listened to Sid Haig's uh, acceptance speech from the Horror Hall of Fame, and I fucking cried like a baby. And it's, you know, doing this show has afforded me opportunities like, you know, having that conversation with Sid um, right before the end, and, you know, listening to his acceptance speech in hindsight uh, to his loss, you know, I was like, I, I can't not do this anymore. I, I'm looking at my Captain Spaulding figure right now. And, um, you know, so for anybody that was happy that the show was gone, um, you know, blame, blame Captain Spaulding. For anybody that has missed the show, uh, thank Captain Spaulding, Sid Haig, uh, one of the greatest character actors of all fucking time. I, you know, to have been able to have a chance to talk to him and to pick his brain and to, you know, find out about his life, which was an amazing life that, you know, spanned decades and generations. And, you know, this is a guy that my dad went to the movies to watch, you know, when he was a young fuck and you know he's he's gonna live on through his work his just excellent body of work and i've you know not at the point now where i can show the work to my kids but that is an inevitability that um 
I know will happen. My, my son is, my oldest son is very interested in the horror genre and I'm giving him little pieces. Um, I don't want to inundate him with, you know, all this shit. I, I want it to, you know, naturally progress, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, listening to the horror hall of fame, uh, is what ultimately made me decide to come back to do creature features again. Um, I have made up my mind that, uh, going forward, the show will be a little bit different. It'll be a little bit more like episode 200 was. And, um, fittingly this being 201, um, it kind of works as season two, episode one. Um, if, if you don't get that, um, I just explained it. <laughs> I don't know what to fucking tell you. Uh, yeah. So, um, the show going forward will be a little bit more segmented, uh, in the sense that there will be different segments that I will be, uh, revealing over the course of the coming year. Um, I've got a couple of ideas. There are a couple of segments that I'm going to prepare in this episode. And, um, it'll feel, like I said, very familiar to episode 200. If you enjoyed episode 200, that's essentially what you're going to get once a month. And, um, I hope you enjoy it, but, uh, I will still be reviewing horror films. I'm going to be reviewing two horror films in this episode. Um, I'm going to do a traditional review, uh, where it's me and somebody else. And that person is MSR. We're going to be reviewing us. And then later in the episode, I'm going to review Friday the 13th Vengeance, uh, which was a fan film, uh, made by Brown Space Films. It's got a ton of alumni. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. Plus, I've got a couple other surprises. I might try to fit, uh, some other people in to the episode. I, at, at this point, it's still kind of up in the air as to the way that, you know, the episode's going to turn out. Um, I also do have a very brief interview with David Howard Thornton talking about Terrifier 2. Uh, so there's lots of stuff that's going to happen in this episode. And, uh, you know, we're going to close with a brand new segment. And that'll be the way that we close kind of going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I'm... I'm looking at my watch and it's saying that I'm almost 10 minutes into this introduction. So I'm going to stop talking and, uh, start talking again. Uh, again, uh, very much like 200, these segments will be punctuated with my shitty musical taste. If you don't like my shitty musical taste, feel free to tell me on the various social media platforms or, you know, through the email. And I'll give you all of that information at the end. So if you want to shit on me, you have to listen to the whole episode to get Oh, the way to get to shit on me. Uh, <laughs> but with that said, uh, we're going to go into uh, our first review, which is me and MSR discussing Jordan Peele's 2019 film, Us. That's a classic right there. What does I got five on it mean? 
It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big they've got. Did you hear Gabe got a boat? <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scared a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. So we kill them. In this portion of the show, we are going to discuss the movie of the episode, um, Jordan Peele's 2019 Us. And um, I, I personally, I, I have a certain feeling about Jordan Peele, and I'm sure we'll get into it, uh, but... There's only really one person that I really wanted to have this conversation with, and it's because uh, he was the person that sat in for the review of Get Out, which was a crossover episode of Geeks on Film. Uh, Mr. MSR, how you doing? Hey, yo. How's it going, man? It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you yeah. on. New, this new makes format, sense. You know, and, this, uh, this review being tethered to the last one we did together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's why I subjected you to this <laughs> fucking it's movie. Subjected? That is, right. that is a suggestive word. I think you're uh, putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll let's just get into it. Okay. Uh, we we start these reviews off obviously by reading a synopsis. Uh, usually, I I scour the earth, the internets, and then I just go to IMDb and I pull up the first and easiest one. And we're just going to go with the basic one that they have just in their main page because fuck it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. Uh, a family serene beach vacation turns to chaos when their doppelgangers appear and begin to terrorize them. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, obviously 
the follow-up to Jordan Peele's very successful and uh, well-regarded film by both of us, I feel, uh, uh, yeah. Get Out. I believe we gave it a glowing review. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about was that it felt inherently its own kind of in a culture of, yes. of storytelling and filmmaking. And it had a really nice kind of mood and ambiance that uh, this one completely lacks. <laughs> wow. I I could beat around the bush and not burying could, the lead. Okay, I could sit here all day and talk about you know different points in the film that I, I personally didn't like, um, but I just the 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 term trite comes to mind mm. um, constantly while watching this yeah. film. Um, Self indulgent is another. I also came across that word when thinking about this movie and how I would talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think of the film? The the movie feels like a sophomore slump. This is Jordan Peele riding high on just a claim across the board for Get Out. Yeah. From critics, from fans, everybody just like amazed that this little movie was as big and as good as it was. It, it came out of nowhere. It's, right. you know, it wasn't expected uh, from him because before that he'd just done comedy. And, right. you know, he was, he was known as the guy who did that. Okay. Comedy show on, you know, comedy yes. central. that was yes. kind of like the go bots Chappelle show. Right. And, and not the first iteration of Chappelle's show post-Chappelle's show. Yeah. So, yeah. It and, was a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. And and so, you know, that... I feel like... And, and this is the thing that I that I found very hard, uh, because I, I completely went in mind with reviewing this film on the show. But then, you know, kind of before I'd watched the film... I'd started to really wane, in my own personal opinion, of Jordan Peele. And okay. He he comes off as uh, a very much a uh, entitled like big brother in a lot of in a lot of ways in, in the yeah. way that he carries himself, and you know people talking about him as if he's a master of horror is See, okay now that's where i think i was going where i was where i was leading towards with with my earlier speech yeah it's it's that this movie feels like it's really trying to be profound and believes that it is profound yeah but yeah. it is not and and I, the twist the big the big twist i saw in the beginning of the film Right, and it's it's Shyamalan level twist, and I'm not talking good Sixth Sense level twist. I'm talking like you know Signs or or uh, The Happening, that kind of that bad level twist that it makes no sense. It renders the rest of the movie nonsensical. Mm -hmm. And I, I find a lot of parallels between the two filmmakers, in in the sense that you know they both kind of floundered in comedy. Let's be honest. 
you know, you could say what you want about the popularity of Key and Peele. Um, mm. You know, to each their own. I never enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Um, it's just, you know, Keanu was okay. just more of the same, you know? Yeah, it was okay. Uh, like, yeah. If, if I had my choice between Key and Peele and Keanu or... Uh, like the workaholic guys and the fucking Netflix movie that they did. I'll take the, the workaholics kids. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's old, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ew. Wow. Okay. Uh, but did you feel that maybe, uh, casting Winston Duke was a little wish fulfillment for the director because dude straight up had Jordan Peele energy? Yeah. The, the whole, the whole thing, <laughs> it, it it felt like it was trying to be tonally the same as, as Get Out. Get Out, and it's it's not the same movie. Yeah, it, it it's, misses it's, the mark in a lot of right, ways. Right, and the family feels real wishwashy up until the violence starts to happen. Like there's there's no to me like the the kid who's wearing his mask and he's yeah you know like. Okay, am I supposed to like him? <laughs> right, yeah. You know what the, I mean? The protagonists are kind of bland and blank and not much to them other than they're the quote-unquote victims. Yeah. And, you know, it just, while trying to be something completely different, it's also in the same vein trying to feel formulaic and, you know, familiar. I don't if, think it's trying to feel that way, but it does feel... Very formulaic and familiar. Yeah. And, you know, uh, again, the choice of comedy actors to play these, these roles. I mean, obviously that's, you know, he's from the world of comedy. Right. So, right. uh, it's to be expected. I liked Tim Heidecker in this movie. I thought he was okay. Which one was he? He's the friend. The friend, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, okay. the schmuck. But I mean, you know, he's the dude from uh, Tim and Eric's awesome right. show. Good yeah. job. I didn't uh, recognize but, him. You know, but now that you say it, yeah, okay, that's him. And the 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 ballet scene at the end of the fucking movie was it really necessary? <laughs> oh no, it's artsy. <laughs> it's it, like, it, it elevates. It's a high art, Chunky Larry. Uh, it just it. We're not watching a horror movie. We're watching an art film. Yeah. Yeah, Dario Argento made art films that were really <laughs> horrific. Right. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, you wanna, you wanna throw him around like he's one of the masters. It's, let's right. prepare work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um. Yeah, this movie, I think, would have, I think I would have enjoyed this movie a lot better had it not been for the plot. I think yeah. the plot gets in the way because the explanation for what is happening and why it's happening is so fucking convoluted and stupid. Yeah, it sure is. That <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm sorry, what? No, we need to talk about that. You yeah. just involved the government in all of this. What yeah. is happening? <laughs> I'm sure you haven't seen this film, but it's a film called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. And, no, I haven't uh, seen that one. No. It's, it's a Matthew McConaughey film. It's him, oh, yeah, yeah. Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger, yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's batshit crazy, but then this secret shadow government conspiracy thing comes in in the third act, 
It's like, why is this what? happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got when I was watching this. It's just, yes, and, very much. And, and then tying it together with the shirt is just. <sighs> it's it's eye rolling there, bad. There, there were things that were interesting and that I thought were you know leading somewhere like. He did a lot of stuff uh, with the uh, mirrors and shadows and stuff in the beginning. I was like, oh, he's going to do something with like a mirror dimension or shadow realm or some kind of bullshit. And it ended up being even stupider bullshit than that. Yep. No, it's just mirror of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Which way? Oh, God. Are, are we are we spoiling? Are we going into Let's details? Let's not spoil. Let's okay. not. But, but I just, the, the reveal no is sense. so fucking like, oh, it's so eye-rolling bad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's so eye-rolling bad. Yeah. <laughs> and the end happens, and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but just by whatever. that point, it's just like, let's just let's just get this over with. <laughs> go. I want to go home, and I was yeah. home when I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's a it's a rough it's a rough go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, still love Get Out though. Yeah, Get Out's yeah. a great fucking movie. Yeah, it's great. But you know what he volleys from from this is anyone's guess. He apparently refused to do the Blade movie. Uh, you know, thank you. No, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the scuttlebutt going around, is that... The, like, as in down, direct it? Yeah, he turned down oh, okay. the Blade movie. And well, that's, you know, he can't like, do that type of movie now. Yeah, no. He's, he's, he's the he's... Alfred Hitchcock of this generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... I don't know, dude. I like. I hate to feel like, you know, gatekeeper horror fan. Like, yeah, like, you know, and we that's... may be a little extra shitty, but it's only because we were so impressed with the first movie. Yeah, we expected and, a little more, I guess. Well, not, a, and not maybe even that's that, our fault. Like, I don't know. It was so much of a fucking victory lap. Like it was it a victory was. lap. It felt for like the it. Yeah. promotion of this, and this was not good. Right. Like, if you're going to go around and be boastful and say you have the biggest dick in cinema, your film should not suck balls like this movie fucking suck balls. Yeah. Just, you know, spade is fucking spade. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. Yes. And, you know. With, with, for me, there was one line in particular that really, it was so eye-rolly that I, I think I was checked out at that point. And the line is, we're Americans. Yeah. And I went, oh, no. Yep. Message. <laughs> did, did you just, did it just become political, but then that was the extent of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so then he could go. There's a little guys. nod to wokeness. You, you guys, did you see what I did just now? <laughs> did you see that? Yeah, I, I'm layering messages in my art. <laughs> yep. So many. So he touched on so many uh -huh. different things. Uh huh. Not fully exploring any of them. Yeah, and taking like you know, edgy stances on things. Public. Super edgy. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. like edgy in the sense that everybody that you're trying to market to completely eats it up. <laughs> <laughs> Super, edgy. Super edgy. on the fringe. 
<laughs> Let's reaper this bitch. Um, okay. For you, since I know it's been a while since you've done one of these, uh, yeah. the way that the reaper system goes is as follows. Zero is the absolute lowest, and five is you praising this movie. This is one of the best horror films you've ever seen. Right. Where are you coming in reaper-wise in SR? Uh, nowhere near a five, for sure. <laughs> uh, but I don't, I don't think I would give it a zero. No. There was there was stuff here to enjoy. There was the violence. The violence was nice. Um, it was atmospheric. It was creepy in places. I'm gonna give it a one and a half. I'm gonna be more favorable than you about this film. Really? Really? Okay. Not much how, more. How much more? Not much more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say that. Um, Whoever he has working with him to create his visual style, he needs to keep because they're really good at what they do. Yes. Because visually, these are stylish films. Yes. This one had utterly no substance. This is, to me, personally speaking, this is like the decorative fruit that you put on your fucking table. Yeah. It looks amazing. But you bite into it and you're getting nothing. There was too many hints of substance, but no actual substance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was this was the raisins in the potato salad, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> if, yeah. If, if we're gonna be woke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But how how many are you gonna give it then? I, I'm going to give it two stars. Two. The reason I'm giving this two right. stars is because. It's visually enticing. Yes. There's some decent violence, and I love seeing the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk in horror films. They were talking about a movie being filmed, and th that happened in 1986. Isn't that the year Lost Boys came out? Yeah, I believe it is. Or no, uh, Lost Boys I thought was 89. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, look it up. Google will decide. Google. Uh, for any listener that wants to Google it and then... You know, exactly. say it to us with their nose turned up. It was yes. actually not turned up. To that, to that listener, thank you. Yes. I, I will appreciate that information. Thank you. Are, are, are In those, advance. You know, the, those fucking people that, like, uh, a movie comes out 35 years later, so they fucking share the Fangoria video of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it was their idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're being worked, right? <laughs> you're following the wave. <laughs> Never mind. You know, wow. pretty yeah. soon, before we know it, we're all going to just be holding hands <laughs> across America. Yep. Across America. <laughs> it's, so, it's so bleak. It's so... <laughs> And why is it so funny? <laughs> it's so bleak. <laughs> no happy endings for me, fam. No, that's right. <laughs> I woke. Mm -hmm. Keep your oh, eyes open. Fucking eye. Fucking eye. Um, you know, keep listening. I don't know. Maybe this is the only portion that you listen to the show for. I, I don't know, you know. The, the metrics don't tell me that because I don't look into the metrics. That is correct. Um, but uh, we do have a lot more show to come. 
So definitely stick around, listen to the music that I choose, and you know, judge me later. Uh, but that is going to do it for me and MSR. MSR, do you want to say anything uh, before we say goodbye? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Keep listening, you fucks. at the, si- the Sinister Creature Con with Art the Clown himself, Mr. David Howard Thornton. How you doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing a lot better than I was doing maybe five minutes ago. Hey, that's even better. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, since I had you on the show... Joe Bob has you. Oh, yeah. So here. Let's get you right here. Joe Bob Briggs. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, since I had you on the show last... It was announced that Terrifier is having a sequel come out. Yes. Can you please, for the 201st episode, <laughs> it's even more. It's more special than 200 because it's 201. Can you tell everybody what the movie's about in a brief synopsis? Um, I will say it's a, it's a continuation from part one. It basically happens a year later, and we're, we're gonna start seeing like what kind of the influence like. Art has on the world around him now. We're building the world more. We're bringing in a good protagonist this time, someone that can go toe to toe with him. So we're we're setting this protagonist up, and so, and yeah. that's uh, that's a hard thing, specifically with sequels. I know that Terrifier itself was an adaptation of the short film, yes. and it was just kind of an expansion of the original idea, though it wasn't at the same time. Um, but differentiating rather than being more of the same, you know, is important, right? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, having the film hit Netflix and become the success that it was, or that it is, I should say, I mean, you're doing Art the Clown at various conventions in makeup. How has that been for you? It's been wonderful. I, I'm like, I did not expect all this to happen. It just is like it just blew up bigger than we anticipated. It's like we, we were going into thinking, okay, we're just this small, low, low budget film. We're lucky if like a hundred people see us. Yeah. And it's just grown, you know, exponential. Especially after we released on Netflix, it just went wild for us. And I, it seems like the longer it's been out, the more and more people are being turned on to it. So we just keep growing and growing and growing. So it's surpassed our wildest expectations. Just like, I, I know Damien's just thrilled right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's a banshee screaming yes. right on the right of us. That's Sinister Creature Con, yeah, right? That, that's, that, yeah, that's Sinister Creature Con for that's, you. That's typical yeah. conventions, right? Oh, yeah. We had Triceratops running around earlier, too. Yeah. So that oh, was that fun. was fun. Oh, uh, yeah. That was fun walking around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> have yeah. you been able to walk around the convention? I have, before? I have, I have, yeah. People noticing you or recognizing you? Some have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. That, is that weird? It is kind of funny because I'm like amazed that they know what I look like outside of makeup. So yeah. I'm like, 
like, oh wow, I can't really blend it as much as I thought I could. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, especially in a place like this, I'm sure at like Sprouts, you're not having any issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, when I walk around New York, people don't know. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Plus, it's New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I know that you're super duper busy, and I appreciate you taking some time out. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks for coming by and catching My up. My pleasure, me. man. You have yeah. a good one. You too. <laughs> To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. 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 Piss your pants. Said, piss your pants. I think it touched many, many nerves. Um, it broke many, many boundaries. It completely threw good taste and propriety and probably ethics and morality out the window. You may have to wait a little bit because I am not going to give up on this now. And then Wes had heard, I guess, some, somewhere in the, on the grapevine that I'd written some songs. And so when I, uh, when I told them my, um, my background, you know, my resume, he kind of hinted at maybe, well, we need somebody to write the score to this film, too. God damn, why can't I find that? I couldn't find that fucking chord before. The place that was typing up the script was behind schedule, delivering it to us, and Sean was like screaming at them and something. And then he came in and says, you know what, they're, um, they're ready now. And I went over and I said, why is it taking so long? He says, because everybody that types a page passes it around to everybody else because everybody wants to see what the next page is in the script. And it was just one of those page turners. Um, not that it was great literature, I think it was just so compelling and, and riveting and <laughs> I mean, it's like you can't, you can't imagine you're reading what you're reading and you cannot stop reading, I think, is, is how it affected people. And, you know, translated film, I think it has the same effect. At the time, I was very much anti-violence. But I thought, what the hell, I'll make some money and have some fun because it was friends. Uh, Lucy was my friend, the makeup girl was my friend, uh, Jeremy Rain and I were the best of friends. I got involved in the Last House on the Left because of Fred, Perna Lincoln, and he sent me to Weston Sean. And they told me that I was too young and that the character was in her 40s and I was 21 years old. And I said, but I can, I can be older, I can be anything. You know, when you're starving, you can be anything. I was in a play at the time, um, playing Susan Atkins, killing Sharon Tate every night off-Broadway. And that's how I wound up getting this part to Sadie. So I kind of was doing killers and nurses. That was my entire career. And I guess the New York Times said I was a, a study in violence. Oh, he's a junior, Sadie. Sun. Well, let's have some fun with those two lovely children that are awful as soon as 
my feeling was as an academic, you know, and I did approach it in some ways academically, was that until you sort of disembowel a human and sort of see the messiness of the inside, you haven't come to the essence of the matter, which is the complete mortality and the kind of unglamorousness of our bodies exempt from our minds and spirit, you know. I told you she wouldn't go far. <laughs> I was on a, going to the set one day, and there was this new guy there. Uh, and he was apparently a special effects artist. And he, uh, we were doing the disemboweling scene where they, the guys, uh, I don't remember exactly the scene or anything, but I know that they were pulling the intestines out of one of the girls. I believe it was uh, uh, the girl played by Lucy. This guy had um, uh, prophylactics, rubbers, um, and he'd fill them full of, I think he used peanut butter and jelly and some, I mean, all this weird stuff that he'd mix up and then he'd tie them up and he'd, he'd, he'd made this thing and it really looked like intestines to me. It really grossed me out. The guy was kind of weird too, but you know, they're special effects guys, they're all weird. Shaking that much. I know you can aim the gun. <laughs> Just get him lined up. No. Pull the trigger. Come on. Pull the trigger. <laughs> I've got to kill you, Krug. David was my my life's big brother. Uh, we became friends immediately, and we stayed friends until he passed away. Uh, he was a complex, talented wacky bull in the china shop of life kind of person he was extraordinarily talented musically mm -hmm. uh he was a guy who was at times his own worst enemy at times his own best friend but if he was your friend uh, he was always your friend uh he was just a you know i i miss him every day and and uh um over the course of any given month, shed a tear for him quite often. I, it's one of the major relationships of my life that that um, I miss because he was such a cool guy. I mean, such yeah. a just some just somebody who was a presence in my life and a presence in anyone's life. You always were a loser, Junior. I want to talk to you. Listen to Daddy. I remember that nobody said anything and that uh, for the first time all the joking was over and we felt, well, I can't speak for other people, but I just sort of felt like uh, a 
okay, we got to that place, and it's it's good we got to that place, but that's a horrible place, you know. And that's always been something that I've juggled the rest of my career. Places I went, we went, and last house I haven't gone again, and don't really have a desire to go again. But somehow, for for some reason, at that time, I felt like it was necessary just to get into the guts of the matter, and uh, uh, we had done it. You know, you could feel it on the set, and. Uh, it was kind of a somberness there, you know. You really felt the death of the character, and you felt not just the death of the victim, but you felt kind of the death of the of the killers. You know, you felt like they had lost whatever shred of innocence they had. Okay, so I am at the Sinister Creature Con, and this is an interview that I had to do. <laughs> I, I was at the last Sinister Creature Con, uh -huh. and I had the plain ass burger uh -huh. with the Brussels sprouts. Right. And um, when I found out that you guys were going to be doing a truck here again for this year's Sinister Creature Con, the spring Sinister Creature Con, I knew I had my lunch sussed out. This is our fourth year here. Um, we fit it. I mean, we're all about geekdom and nerddom and all things that are cool and awesome. And so uh, I, I wanted to just find out a little bit more about everything that is the culinary truck because I, I absolutely fell in love with this truck last Thanks, last man. October, and um, it, it was it just it draws your eye immediately when you're walking through. And you know, there's there's trucks here, but this one just like it just screams pop culture references every inch of the truck well so. yeah we started this truck five years ago and the, actually the reason we started as colon nerdy is that's been my nickname for years because i'm big on food science mm -hmm. but also i'm the biggest fucking nerd on the planet um i you know collect comic books play dnd play video games and live like a 16 year old boy um I think that, you know, I don't get older because, you know, I think you just get old because you quit being a child, and I've never stopped. And when we started the truck, the biggest thing was that the kind of people that we like and that are kind of people, they, they embrace their inner child. Mm -hmm. So we cook food that reminds you of when you were a kid, that reminds you of when, you know, your happiest times of your life for most of us, you know. Um, and then in, I just collect shit, so it's kind of need a place to put it. Um, but that's the you know, all things culinary is all about. You know, if you look at the name and you pronounce pronounce it the traditional way, it's cool and nerdy. So you're cool and nerdy, and we're cool and nerdy and all that stuff. It just was all about fun, and we you know just opened a restaurant that has the same thing. We have you know geek culture stuff and nerd culture and geek culture kind of the same thing but we come to sinister creature con because i'm a big horror movie fan and we just have had a blast meeting a lot of the celebrities that have been here and making friendships with a lot of them even and uh, one thing that i've noticed just kind of from walking your truck is that you are a master of branding is that something Thanks. that you just you felt like in order to set yourself out amongst the other guys doing it that you had to have kind of a brand well 
yes and no. Well, the one is the brand is just who we are. Mm. It's just being real. Yeah. And I I learned about personal branding from the person who is probably the biggest master of it in our in modern day culture, and that's Guy Fieri. Uh, I ran Guy Fieri's restaurants for a year. I was his corporate chef, so I was his right-hand man. And I really learned a lot from him about, you know, if you're not normal and you're different, embrace it, promote it, be it. And this is just, we're just who we are. You know, we've tried to be corporate. We've tried to be, like, um, normal, and it doesn't work for us, you know. Yeah. Um, and we just are authentic. I think, you know, we we believe that we truly embrace being authentic. And uh, please, before I let you go, just let people know where they can find you. Where is the truck going to be next? Well, the truck will be. Oh God, when are we out again? Um, right now, we just opened a restaurant at five two four Twelfth Street in downtown Sacramento. Um, and the next truck service is going to be at Sackyard Community Top House in Sacramento downtown. Um, you can find us at CullenNerdyKitchen.com or NerdyTruck.com. Excellent. Thank you so My much. My pleasure, man. brother. Thank you. It's just, I, I, I'm Thanks, not man. even going to fucking float your sails too much. But Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. One of the best it, burgers I've ever fucking had. I sure hope so. And, That's uh, what we specialize in. I went, I went to juicing. Okay. Uh, where I just drink juice for yeah. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But I was taking a day off you for this. take a day off for me. For man. this, I had Come to. Come on. So, uh, Thanks, brother. Thank you What's so your name much. again? It's Chunky Larry. I like it. I like you have it. Chunky Larry, I love it. Alright, so this is one of those new segments that I had warned initially about uh, that we're going to be doing going forward. This is one I'm actually really, really excited about doing because I get to do it with a lady that I love very much uh, who I brought along because I just figured uh, what a better way to blindly uh, look at new releases uh, than with somebody that I know pulls utterly no punches when it comes to her opinion and isn't necessarily a horror fan, so it's good to get a differing opinion on things. I'm talking, of course, about the woman who uh, changed my entire life and uh, does everything to make me the person that I am today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Miss Cola. Say hola, Cola. I'm triggered. Triggered? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Alrighty. It's, it's only been a minute, you guys. It's only been a minute. Uh, but we are going to be doing something because, again, this is a monthly show. Uh, so for the month of January, there are different releases. There are releases in theater and there are releases on home video. Um, I guess it's not necessarily called home video anymore, but you know, old habits. <laughs> but, uh, essentially what I'm doing is I'm cherry picking uh, certain horror titles to essentially discuss. And, uh, you know, I don't watch horror movie trailers. I, I make it a practice not to watch the trailers before watching a movie just because I don't like to go into a movie expecting certain things. Uh, so I like to go into movies blind. So what we're going to be doing is, uh, 
you know, my wife obviously doesn't go out of her way to look up horror movie trailers. Oh, no, that's either. what I do all day. Is it? Is, yep. it, is that what you do? Yep. And oh, I wow. just shit on them by myself. And then you were like, can you do this with me? And I was like, oh my God, my dreams are answered. <laughs> can I? Shit on these fucking release straight to video or however you get your movie <laughs> trailers. Uh, yes. Yes. So, um, it's going to be a new experience for the both of us. We know literally nothing. I only grabbed a synopsis for each film, the directors of the films, and, you know, the stars, if there's any stars that I'm aware of. Uh, so, we're going to start it off with the beginning of January. Uh, January 3rd, I guess, isn't necessarily the beginning, but it's the beginning of the uh, movie season in terms of releases, that's the first Friday, and then the first Tuesday is the 7th, so those two days are important for horror, uh, at least horror releases. Make of that what you will, uh, because we're going to start with what is essentially a remake of a remake of a Japanese film. Uh, this is The Grudge. Oh God, I'm going to hate this. Spencer. I'm here about selling the house. Is anyone home? Detective Muldoon. This is Peter Spencer. Something happened to me at 44 Rayburn Drive. Someone was murdered at that house. Why did he never go into that place? Something never felt right about it. Looks like we got another one. Do you think that the body we found is related? Hello? I went to the house. Hello? Police department. I think something followed me home. Mommy, what's going on? What's wrong? We need to leave right now. This was directed by Nicholas Pesci, who directed previously The Eyes of My Mother. This is starring Lynn Shay, John Cho, and surprisingly, William Sadler. The description that I grabbed from the internet is, After a young mother murders her family in her own house, a single mother and detective tries to investigate and solve the case. 
Later, she discovers the house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter it with a violent death. Um... Okay, so basically, it is Sarah Michelle Gellar stuck from the uh, remake of the re- of the original mm-hmm. in the house. She kills somebody, and nobody can ever take that guy seriously because he was in fucking Harold and Kumar, who <laughs> 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 fucking ran around smoking pot trying to get one of those horrifying little hamburgers. <sighs> um, this, I mean. I wasn't a fan of the first one I, or the remake. I wasn't. I, I tried to watch Juon, which is the, the original Japanese, Japanese version, version of which I imagine is a lot scarier, especially because you can't understand what they're saying. Well, uh, you know, I I don't have any kind of you know disinterest in foreign films, obviously, as you have yes. pretty much gathered, but it didn't grab my attention. A lot of the supernatural horror, especially uh, Japanese supernatural horror, to me, um, little horror, supernatural horror, more often than not in general, for me is kind of drab. It's slow going. When it when it picks up, it really will fucking pick up. But more often than not, it's you know waiting for something to happen, waiting for something to happen, and then when something happens, you know you're, you're supposed to have. Uh, been invested enough in the ride that you are genuinely concerned um and i feel like with japanese uh supernatural horror which this is a remake of yeah they they tend to lean towards um trying to shock you with violence yeah and it's sudden and it's you know and then it's drab long and long-winded and long in the tooth you know, so. So is I'm this going to be in the theater? This is in the theater right now, and um, by all accounts, from surprise, everything, it's going to be a two. It's not being well received. No, I knew it wasn't going to be. Um, you know, make of that what you will. I may eventually one day get around to watching this. Yeah, when it's on the Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've exhausted all the other movies that they have to watch. <laughs> That Netflix uh, doesn't. Yeah. Then yes, yeah. they'll be like, ah, oh, fuck it. Alright, so, yeah, uh, you know, I, I can't really say one way or the other, uh, I care about the release of The Grudge because, you know, we, we've seen it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which kind of seamlessly leads us into, uh, our next, our next trailer. This film is being released in theaters. Uh, by the way, just so you know, uh, the first three are going to be movies that are being released in theaters, and then um. the other four will be films that are being released on home video. And again, home video, I know it's an old term. I don't care. That's what I use. <laughs> so, I don't care. All right. Uh, releasing October 10th. Uh, this is Underwater. Listen carefully. You are now 5,000 miles from land, and you're descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. See you all in a month. Here we go. Alright, we're gonna do this. Let's do this.
On a scale from one to ten, how bad's my rig? Ten. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How did we even get there? We walk up. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! What was that? Turn your lights off. That's also another number two. Uh, <laughs> I know that you may like it a little bit more because you're into more of that sci-fi bullshit, but I hate that girl. So, what was her name? Uh, it's Kristen Stewart. This is directed by uh, William Eubank. He had directed previously a film called The Signal. Um, that should tell you right there. It's a number two. Well, uh, the thing that this film, to me, has going for it is that it's got a lot of style, a lot of art, and it looks like it's going to, while it feels eerily reminiscent to things like Alien mm-hmm. and The Abyss, you know, if, if those are the places that you're pulling from to, you know, navigate a horror film, those are two places I liked. So I, I'm willing to give this a day in court. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Kristen Stewart. But I also feel like there's got to be at least some part of her that wants to win over people because it, that's what it seems like that she's rather than going for, you know, these big commercial kind of films, she's going for more indie theater. She's trying to be a LaBeouf. Yes, very, that's a good analogy, a little buff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shia LaBeouf has now become a verb. <laughs> she is, she is LaBeoufing right now. He is doing and, it on purpose. Yeah. He's taking these low budget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she's LaBeoufing and this looks like it could be good. I am a fan of the, you know, claustrophobic tension terror, uh, sci-fi Hence the aliens, yes. Uh, you know, I am terrified of deep water. Uh, You know, like shark movies are my shit because that's what they do. You know, it's, it's claustrophobic and there's a creature coming to get you. Uh, like this, this looks cool to me. Yeah, but that's the thing is it doesn't look like it's a creature. It looks like they're aliens. Well, yeah. You're really going to tell me that when you do, okay, finally get to the bottom of the ocean, it's fucking aliens? uh, Really? And it's unrealistic that they're walking on the bottom of the ocean. In those suits, they would disintegrate. It would be like the Thanos (laughs) snap under the water. You gotta, if you're gonna watch a movie, you gotta suspend a little bit of disbelief. But it also has to be a little realistic. It's, it's a, it's a spacesuit for the underwater. And they, they did something very similar into the, in the abyss 
where they did that deep fucking dive and they had the special suit that, you know, nobody, like, it's the same shit. It's, it's just, you know, in order to have this story, you have to make certain concessions in, in the realm of logic. <laughs> I didn't see a single mermaid. I mean, you know, who's to say that that's not what the mermaids are? Really? Who's to say? Who's to say that that's not their reach? It better Who's to be. say? It, they were hideous. I mean... They're magical creatures. <laughs> <laughs> They're magical creatures, goddammit. Uh, no, I out, out of the, the three that we're going to be talking about, this is probably the one that I want to see the most of the... Films being released in theaters. I'll fall asleep to it. Uh, more than likely. Yes. I probably will too. I'll wake up to it yeah. going. <laughs> the sound bar. But, you know, you never know. It's movies like this that, you know, have the tendency to surprise you. Like The Shallows. The Shallows was very much the same. I don't know what The Shallows are. That was the shark one with the surfer girl. Um, Why was I going to tell you how realistic... I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, Blake Lively? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How but that was, like, realistic as fuck. That's what I'm talking about, is these, you know, movies that come out of nowhere. And I think that this has the potential of being one of those kinds of movies. I wouldn't uh, put it on a Blake Lively level, then. <laughs> I think that that's more of a attraction level in terms of the lead. It, it just... No, she I, I think has the, more experience. Uh, the other girl got lucky because she was boinking the guy no, of a movie. She was in she was in Panic Room long before that. She was the daughter. She was the in little Panic fat Room. girl with an inhaler. Who she was fucking fat girl in the movie. She was in, she was chubby in the face who fucking fl- did a little flashlight through a water pipe. Yeah, she's been working for a while. The real star was fucking. Well, yeah, the, it was obviously Jodie Foster. Yeah, Jodie Foster. But yeah, was that a Jason Statham? Was uh, he the bad guy? No, or was it, it was. It was fucking uh, Jared Leto. Jared Leto and there was a bald guy with him. Um, I thought plus, it was Statham. Uh, no, I don't think it was Statham. Okay, it might have been. It's been a fucking long time a long since time. I watched that. That's a Fincher movie. Yeah, oh, that was a good movie. Yeah, that was a, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's she one in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all those Twilight shits <laughs> didn't do it for me. I've never seen them. Yeah, I've never, never seen one of them. Uh, but let's get into the last film of the month in theaters, or at least the last one that we're going to bring up. Uh, this one comes out on the 31st of January, so you still got time to see this one. Uh, I don't know if The Grudge will be out by the time this episode is released. <laughs> And, and how soon this episode's released is going to make that funnier. Uh, so, <laughs> as long as it's not in February, we're good. Yeah, even if it's not, even if it is in February, um, yeah, whatever. But releasing in January thirty first is Gretel and Hansel. Oh God. Tell me the fairy tale again. It's too scary, you know, start seeing things that aren't there. You've been turned out of your home. Set out to fend for yourselves with only your clothes and your hides. I'm hungry. I'm hungrier than you are. Because you're a pig. Look! It smells of cake! Ah! Brothers! 
careful with that, dear. I'd hate for you to start something you can't stop. Please make your acquaintance. I'm called Gretel, and this rough one here is my brother Hansel. Something wrong here, but it's so pleasant. Where are all the animals? From where does she draw milk? Gretel, there's a storm coming. This is your power to see what is hidden and to take it. <laughs> we were given the same gift, the same. Magic. Brother! Brother! Ah! What did you do with him? All that is left is to make him. Delicious. Alright, so you already know I like that one. You, well, you, you had to know that I like that one. I was going to say, I actually really liked it. It reminded me of, like, the next season. Like, we were watching a trailer for the next season of American Horror Story. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like, doing something with a twist. Um, I liked the music, the uh, art, and weird things. And I hate the name. But I hope that it actually delivers. Like, that one might actually get a three-star. Yeah, that or three out of five. That looked really fun. Still wouldn't cool. pay to watch it. Uh, really, just twisted and, yeah. and dark looking and just and stylish. They're, they're, I think what they're trying to say is like everyone has witch power or, or abilities. That's why they were drawn there. Is that what? I, I believe that Gretel. Yeah, the girl. Yeah, she's the one. Yeah, that's why she was drawn there was because she has yeah witch like abilities. So um, that one. Uh, just real quick, the director is Oz Perkins. He originally directed a film that's on Netflix called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. I'm interested in looking at this guy's work because that was, that was a surprise to me. I, again, I haven't watched any of these trailers, so I didn't know what to expect. I figured it was going to just be, you know, more of the same, but that looks really fucking cool. Uh, the description on that one goes as follows. A girl and her younger brother unwittingly stumble upon the house of an evil witch in the dark woods. Uh, if, if you've never read Hansel and Gretel, <laughs> yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> Save some for later, Augustus. So, you know, um, and this just, you know, it looks like an interesting retelling of that, of that story. And, why do you think it is that, that they changed the name around? I think because the story is more about Gretel. Though the story was always about Gretel. I, I'm not sure. Because, you know, well, the story was about both kids. Essentially, it was Gretel that, you know, saves Hansel from the oven and pushes the witch in. Yeah. You know, it, it's Gretel that is essentially the, the final girl if you were to equate a horror term yeah. to it, which is essentially what they're doing, is they're doing a horror version of that story, which in essence, in reality, is a horror story. It's, it is, yeah. You know, this guy who can't take care of his kids just fucking lets his new wife 
get rid of them. <laughs> and, you know, they stumble on this witch's house. And the witch tries to fucking eat him. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's fucked up. Like, so. Well, yeah, he's that, a survivor. That one, looks, that one looks interesting. Yeah, uh, that one will actually. So I might actually reassess uh, of the three, which one would be my favorite. It's a it's a toss up now between Underwater and Gretel and Hansel, but I think I'd go with Gretel and Hansel. Well, let's let's see it first. No, I'm just saying, uh, you know, based on these trailers. Oh, then yeah, based off the trailers, yes. Yeah, uh, again, sure. like I said, Underwater looks like one of those movies that could surprise you. I have high hopes about it, but um, let's move on to the home video portion. Um, Would that be called straight to DVD? Straight to DVD, sure. <laughs> Is that what that's called now? Yeah, no. Uh, the The first film we're going to talk about is released on the seventh of January. Seven. And it is called "Girl on the Third Floor." steadfast under trial. So how's the house coming along? It's been hard. Cooper! Certain places have personalities and sometimes they're rotten. Hey, how's the little kicker doing? It takes a real strong hand to turn them around again. has a history of bringing out the worst in people. Certainly creepy. What the hell is that? Promise me you won't say a word to Liz about last night. You need to get out of here. What was that? Hi, Hansel. I hate what you've done with the place. I'm worried. Stop! Child. You want to help me? Nope. Don is the proud owner of what? Fortunate, the former house of ill repute. You know when a woman doesn't like to be futzed with too much? I don't want to see you here ever again. Houses aren't that different, I guess. You want my advice? Get your husband and your baby far away from that house. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, I was interested in that just solely based on CM Punk. Again, I... Is that who that was? Yeah. I was wondering who that was. I, I held off on watching the trailer just because I wanted to you know, have a fresh take on it when we did this. Uh, but 
Yeah, I that looks really fucking dope. I I'm very curious about that. Uh here is the breakdown as follows. It's directed by Travis Stevens. This is his directorial debut. And it says a man tries to renovate a dilapidated house for his growing family, only to learn that the house has other plans. Again, this is starring CM Punk. Uh it's essentially the start of his acting career. He wasn't that bad from the trailer. I feel like the movie itself has potential. Will it be all that it looks to be? I feel like the highlights are in the trailer. I mean, they they really pushed uh, in the trailer that it was gory and yeah. um, uh, you know that it's blood splattered. And you you see elements of that uh, again. It's it's a haunted house film, so you run the risk of it dragging ass and then having yeah. moments of just sudden violence or being really fucking cool. And, you know, I have nothing to hold in a previous opinion in terms of the director's work or CM Punk as an actor. I know him as a wrestler and as a shitty MMA fighter. <laughs> and, but, uh, oh, and, he hates, and he likes Pepsi. Yes, yes. Other than that, you know, that, that's that's all I know. So uh, he's untested, so is the director. This should be really interesting. I, I definitely want to check that one out. Uh, but uh, also being released on the 7th of January is, uh, this looks like an indie film, and it is called The Shed. People judge you here, not for who you are, but who you hang out with. <laughs> See if you're going to ask Roxy out again, or you're just going to spank one out to her every day till graduation. If it makes my life a little easier to hang out with one crowd over the other, I'm going to do what I have to do till I'm out of here. Remember one thing, though. You're having my sloppy seconds. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, one day they're going to go too far and they're going to be sorry. I thought I could handle this all on my own. Hey, what happened to your face? I have to tell you something. There's something that's shut he wants to kill me. Are you kidding me? Tom, I swear to God, there's something inside. All right, then show me. Let me see your pet monster. Dude, don't you see what this means? We can use this. This is power. What? Nobody's ever going to mess with us again. Are you crazy? Think about it. It's not murder. It's payback. This is not a gift or a weapon. Dangerous. I'm supposed to be your best friend. Look what they did to me this time. What the hell is happening? Dharma, what's inside that shed? Get in. What's inside that shed? Okay, so. Uh, Lame. It. It almost doesn't know whether or not it wants to be a horror film or a comedy. Yeah. And uh, that could be a great thing. It could be a terrible thing. Uh, sometimes uh, the editing of a commercial 
can, you know... Make or break. Make make a film look like a piece of dog shit, and it could actually be good. And then there's times where commercial could make a movie look excellent, and the movie's fucking dog shit. Um, I'm not sure which side of the coin this movie's on, but... Whew. That's a one. Uh, so, this was directed and written by Frank Shabatella, who previously has done Blood, Blood Night. Um, yeah, looks, looks very much like, uh, what you would expect from, you know, a, a direct-to-video kind of, uh, horror film. Could be interesting. Uh, you know, I personally, I loved the Full Moon movies back in the 90s when, you know, they were movies like Warlock and, you know, uh, Warlock wasn't even a, a Full Moon movie that was Vidmark, uh, but, you know, they had things like the Puppet Master yeah. and, you know, uh, subspecies and trancers and shit like that. Uh, you know, so they had a whole world of lower budget horror films that still fucking worked. And, you know, they had some really fucking wild ideas for their films, too, like Bad Channels, which is, <laughs> you know, or Arcade, which is a video game that essentially kills you. And, you know, so, um, but it worked. It was a good fucking movie. So uh, you never know what you're getting with those things. That And again, um, just read the synopsis real quick. Tina and his best friend endure non-stop torment from bullies at school, but that soon changes when one discovers a bloodthirsty creature that resides in a country shed. Uh, I don't know. I I might check that one out. That one looks mm. like it could be surprisingly just kind of like a fun buddy comedy that has horrific elements. It could be. Um, I will not watch that. Okay, well, <laughs> it, it might be a solo watch, but a watch nonetheless. It, it's on, you know, video as soon as the seventh. So, you know, give it a give it a whirl, if you will. Um, releasing on the twenty first. This one is called I See You. Justin Witter, 10 years old. Went missing on a bike ride last night near Jupiter Park. Park Ranger found a bike. Oh boy. I'll let you manage the situation as you see fit. You lead on this. Got it. Nine-year-old Michael King went missing just... Authorities are now telling parents of young children to keep them close and on time. There's something up here! You're gonna find him. Something strange about the house. How'd you get in here? 
Open this door! What are you doing? What are you doing? If you did something, you can tell me. What are you talking about? I'm sorry. 911 got a call from someone claiming to have seen our kidnapper. You don't get to act like nothing happened. Sorry? You have any idea what's coming for you? I don't know what's happening. I'm sorry. solid that one does actually look really good uh that is starring helen, helen hunt. hunt yeah from twister yeah <laughs> or as good as it gets yeah as good as it gets with what's his name who's ocd yeah <laughs> yeah because it's like i'm gonna show a little helen hunt booty <laughs> i'm assuming it's her son who's missing and she suspects the son at one point, then she suspects the husband. They're all pointing their fingers. Is he really dead? Is he haunting him? What is going on? Yeah. Um, I don't know. That one looks pretty solid. I, I would definitely check that one out. That seems like a, a blockbuster night for me and the missus. There is no blockbuster, Lawrence. You mean fire stick. <laughs> Sorry. I get a blockbuster night. <laughs> uh, last but not least <laughs> any other thoughts about uh, I see you before you move on no that wasn't that bad yeah no I definitely that's on 7 that, yeah that's uh, coming out on the 21st oh 21 so I could definitely see us renting that from Blockbuster closing out the month <laughs> Uh, at, on January 28th, uh, this one is Parasite. What? Okay. I'm going to go to the house. 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 네가 내 대신 얘 과외 선생님 좀 해줘라 영어 대학생인 척하라는 거야? 불화를 좀 치지 뭐넌이 좋은 실력으로 왜 미드는 맨날 떨어지냐 아씨 죽을래 저는 이게 위조나 범죄라고 생각하지 않아요 참으로 시적절하다 자들이 원래 참 잘할 수가 사모님이 뭐랄까 풀타임으로 수업 어떻게 하시는지 is it okay with you? We're a complete masterpiece. 
과선배는 김진모, 그는 이사촌. 근데 지금 진짜로 이상한 게뭔것 같아. 그러니까 proceeds kind of emotionally you, you know you you have your your you know surface story but there's sub levels and that's kind of what happened in snowpiercer is as you you know proceed through this train you're getting different levels almost like different levels of hell at yeah. least in my perception of it and it's it's one of those movies that's really open to perception yeah And I, I had no idea what to expect when I picked this as one of the movies to talk about. But I knew that the director was somebody that I was interested in. So I wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt. And it very much seems like that's what's happening. Yeah. And there's something beneath the surface that is surprising. Yeah, for sure. I actually, I thought it was going to be bullshit, but it actually looks pretty good. The only thing that's going to suck for me is reading. Yeah. All that reading. Let's see. Uh, yeah. No. I don't... But it's hard to see, like, what's going on and read. Look. <laughs> so you're just up and down, up and down. I already wear glasses. I'm blind. <coughs> to me, um, when, I, when I read the dialogue, I kind of absorb it more. So I'm a little bit more emotionally invested because I'm, yeah, you know, consuming it in two different facets. So that's not a hindrance, um, but I I understand. For me, though, concern. you got to imagine with glasses, <coughs> all of this outside of these lenses mm -hmm. is blind. Yeah. So I can only see here, and then I have to look up here, and then look up. But I'll get it. Yeah. I'll just um, make you read it to me. <laughs> oh, boy. I acted out for you. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I thought we might be a little bit more negative than we were. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised. <coughs> I was really ready I'm to shit on something. Suddenly dying. <laughs> Don't just die. Like, then we can't the watch of, our yeah. movies. 
<laughs> so of the of the films, Gretel and Hansel, um, Underwater, Girl on the Third Floor, Parasite, yeah. and I See You, all winners. Shed is a dark horse, and the Grudge looks like shit. Yeah. Well, so does the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I knew you couldn't get out of here without shitting on something. Well, it's the shed. It was like, um, it reminds me of that really good movie. What is it? Where he has the, uh, what the fuck? You know, I don't know the names. Where he has a, the gates of hell, where he has the, the chainsaw as a hand. Oh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Okay. So where he's got the <coughs> big fiery pit of shit in there, in the pit. And then it also reminds me of the movie where he his neighbor was a vampire, and is trying Fright to night. is trying to get at his mom. Yeah, fright fright night, right? Is that what it was? When his neighbor is a vampire and he sees him through the window, killing uh, somebody, and he breaks in. Yeah, yeah, it's fright night. So that just. I don't know. Macking on chicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did use a blockbuster reference earlier, so. <coughs> so Fucking go to bed in your new kids on the block shirt. Oh, 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 oh. Or no, she. Motherfucker, you're dressed like you're about to go to fucking Squaw Valley. <laughs> you got, you I'm got fucking, fucking white. On, you got fluffy ass socks, a fucking sweater. <laughs> All I hear is jealousy. And an Alaska shirt. Yeah. You. you what are you going White on? White as a, fuck. A fucking adventure. <laughs> I'm done. So, you got me drooling. Cola is here. marked safe. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know that gay shit on Facebook. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> Cola is marked safe and, and warm. And while we're still safe and warm, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go to. Uh, some music and then come to our next segment so enjoy keep listening Culture ruining horror. No. I don't think it is. No, it's 
good to have more diversity in horror yeah. films, more representation for different people with different backgrounds. Because people of all races and all backgrounds love horror, so it only makes sense that there should be more diversity in horror movies, especially in gender, gender and race diversity. Agreed. Censorship is not a product of a kind and loving government. It's about silencing voices and only letting one opinion get through. And often when you see things censored, it's not really offensive. It's not really that upsetting. Or you go into a film like Human Centipede and you're like, what the f*** did you think you were about to watch? If you can't say fuck, you can't say fuck the government. There shouldn't be a line. Horror uh, is art and all art is supposed to be free form. And you know, if you don't like a book, you don't start ripping it out and screaming and being like, ah, how did Stephen King get away with writing this? There is no such thing as a moral or an immoral book. Books are well-written or badly written. That is all. That's a tough one, because I know there's a lot of people out there that, um, that strive for, like, you know, screen accuracy, perfection, and it does draw a lot of people away, but I know there, but I know there's also a lot of groups out there, though, that support everyone that you don't have to be politically correct. A batch of controversial old social media posts had recently been uncovered in which the filmmaker made what he admitted were offensive jokes about taboo topics. What is freedom of expression without the freedom to offend? It ceases to exist. I think BC, I think it's necessary because, it, like she said, like it, you know, it creates an equal, you know, amount in the genre. Everybody have a little variety of everything, you know. Of course, you're gonna have your gratuitous, you know, like stuff, you know, nudity, and gore, and all that. But you also the ones that what lacks the gore but more the suspense, you know. What we have to ask ourselves as a society now is not so much related to the law, it's related to our our morals, our principles. <laughs> I mean, there are now over 700 pieces of scientific... I'll send you some. I'll send you the <laughs> Scientific what? Scientific research internationally showing a link between televised and social violence. So... Now, Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative... <laughs> It's not that PC culture can't, but right now it isn't because there is way more extreme stuff being made now than ever before. We're working in a more international world at the moment, and so that means that the rules of what American society finds politically correct doesn't matter as much anymore. Social media, we use that to help interact with people. And it's really, it's really sad when the social media platform itself tries to silence us, tries to stop us from interacting. And it took over eight days to get back on, and then we got kicked off again, and then off and on again. And uh, I don't think there's any other directors who have that happen when the world premiere at Fright Fest and their trailer are dropped. The Soska sisters came out 
and said that they were banned from Twitter for using a photo, a photo still from their new movie, Rabid. Uh, and I'll bet there'll be, there will be more. That's how these things go once the floodgates open. Amazon telling CNBC that he's now on leave of absence, effective immediately. The offensive attitudes and statements discovered on James's Twitter feed are indefensible and inconsistent with our studio's values. Why should television be less effective when it advertises lax morals, cruelty and violence, promiscuity, permissive behavior generally? Now, you say there's no research. The research gone into this, sir. Surely, I, su I would suggest to you with great respect that after this uh, program is over, that you ask Mary Whitehouse to give you some guidance because she's patently <laughs> Hashtag horror is actually banned on Instagram. And whenever you would try to look it up, it would send you a little message saying, do you need medical help? And it would give you a number for like a suicide prevention hotline. It was really bizarre. I think people can control their own choices and they need to take a little bit more accountability for what they're watching. Censorship's bullshit. Okay, so we're gonna try this out. Uh, if you heard the clip, which I'm assuming you did, I didn't think you skipped ahead to hear my voice. I'm sure you just listen through like a normal person, but maybe you're weird. Maybe maybe you just only wanna hear sweet daddy's voice. And if you are one of those people, hey, thanks. You're welcome to. <laughs> but we are going to talk about a different talking point at the end of the shows. Uh, I obviously went out and I approached different people at horror conventions to get a horror fan's opinion of the topics that we're going to be discussing. I might eventually reach out to groups that aren't necessarily within the horror genre or fans of the horror genre just to get a differing opinion. But the question for this episode is, is PC culture ruining horror films? And if you've ever listened to the show, uh, maybe this is your first episode, but let's just say for the sake of argument, you've been along for the ride. You would know that when I was operating a little bit more frequently, I would do a Video Nasties Month which was all about censorship. And I also did a Women in Danger month. I think that was last year, might have been the year before. But this is not a new subject. This is not a new topic. We didn't suddenly become so politically correct that there wasn't a puritanical force always looming in the shadows that kind of pulled the strings of what we could and could not see. And it goes back as early as cinema. It goes back as early. Uh, you can go, like, I believe Socrates is somebody that was banned. Uh, they didn't want his opinions to poison the minds of the youth. Censorship, I think, and I've given this opinion before, is something that should be done in the homestead by the parents. That's ultimately the first step of authority that children face before venturing out into their own into adulthood and then being faced with other forms of authority you've got educators police the government the government they took my baby government took my baby <laughs> but there's there's always going to be some 
faction or group that will have power where you do not, that will decide for you rather than getting your opinion. That's every facet of any society that's ever existed. There's always somebody that has power and somebody that doesn't. And the person with power gets to decide what you can and cannot do, what you can and cannot say. And while we live in a country, or at least I live in a country, I don't know where you live, but I live in a country where the freedom of speech, the First Amendment right, is thrown about so frivolently, and people are constantly, whenever they feel imposed upon, uh, quick to throw that out. But when they hear something that they don't like, they want nothing to do with it. We, we have this this buzzword that's kind of lingering about right now, cancel culture. There's tons of situations where you've seen that people are unnecessarily dealt with and cast out from you know their places of work or they are just not accepted by the herd the pack and it's frustrating but at the same time i think that all of these these movements and these trends come from a pure place uh, i believe it was fatty arbuckle was uh, one of the leading causes of the Hollywood production code in the early 30s that started to really prohibit things that could and could not be done in cinema. If you look at cinema before the code, pre-code, uh, we talked about it in the Invisible Man episode, that there was a lot of things that were getting a pass during the pre-code era that just weren't anymore. Just think of all of the artists that were stifled before the code changed into the rating systems around the turn of the 60s when everything became radical. We operate in these cycles where people, there, there's, there's an event, it's some lightning rod of an event that automatically gets the pendulum to swing in the opposite direction and everybody becomes very politically correct is is the best way to put it and everything is you know puritanical and you, know, you you have to act a certain way speak a certain way and eventually society gets to the place where they reject that because it's not reality and then we swing the pendulum back in the other extreme and there's never really a nice in between where there's a middle ground and that's true you look at the heyday of horror films, and and there's there's been several heydays, but I'm specifically talking about my heyday, which is the 80s, late 70s, early 80s. It was for me one of the greatest times in cinema, and it was kind of in this backlash of the the world was in a in a flux. You know, there's the the 60s where everybody's revolting and you know it's peace and love and we're, we're standing up and we're we're taking a cause but you know we want to be free we want to ride we want to do drugs we want to get loaded or whatever the fucking expression is from the wild angels uh i don't know if anybody else knew that that's what i was referencing because i i butchered the quote 
But we eventually go too far because there's no policing. And then when the policing comes in, people rebel against it and so on and so forth. And the pendulum swings from one side to the other has and will continue as long as we exist. Uh, the idea of PC culture ruining horror, though, is, you know, there, there's a term that uh, the kids use a lot nowadays, uh, problematic. And to me, that term is itself problematic because it's easy to throw little catchy catchphrases or buzzwords against something rather than analytically looking at you know, why is it that people feel this way? Why is it that, you know, we react the way that we do to the things that we see and consume? It's always reactionary. Everything that happens in life and, you know, cinema is a reflection of life is reactionary. Uh, you, you look at, you know, one of the highest grossing films of 2019 was essentially an incel manifesto about mental illness. There's a reason for that. It's because there is a contingent of people that do feel outcast and uh, a part of what, you know, they call the cancel culture. And I, I think that it's much easier to control and to remove than it is to face something head on. And a lot of the times, it's like an ostrich syndrome. People, rather than confronting something that's uncomfortable to them, they bury their head and they avoid it. There's something to be said about things that make you feel uncomfortable. Like I said, Joker is one of the highest grossing films of 2019. And it's because it made you feel something. Whether it was ugly and yucky, it attracted you in a way that things like Avengers Endgame didn't. There's popcorn movies that everybody has fun and there's no real substance to them. And then there are things that really touch you on a, on a deeper emotional level. And when we stifle that, that voice... There's a void that needs to be filled. And it's important to me, I think, more now than ever, to censor yourself. Don't allow others to censor you. Don't allow others to choose what you can and can't consume. Every dictatorship removes things that they find inappropriate or negative to their overall agenda. And that is a slippery slope. And while most of these things start with a positive idea, a positive meaning, they eventually murk the waters to where it's it's hard to see where the starting point for it is. And obviously, Harvey Weinstein is the the lightning rod that started the Me Too movement. Me Too existed before Harvey Weinstein. If anybody does the research, it was around years before that, but he was kind of the tentpole to get the movement really moving along 
and it's practices like that that really have altered the way that cinema is consumed and perceived and you see a lot of that right now specifically like when you look at things like this most recent black christmas remake it's agenda driven and there's nothing wrong with that however you have to be able to give the opposite it it can't just be one way because you're pushing that pendulum too far one way and there's so much divisiveness within our society that there's very little room for people to find a middle ground and to have a conversation and while we all push this agenda that we're woke or we subscribe to this belief that everything should be pc and all of that again joker was one of the highest grossing films of the year the dave chappelle stand-up special sticks and stones was one of the highest rated netflix specials the options and the i and the 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 points of this are far reaching and and you know you go back to the video nasties days where things were banned in countries that worked against those things the the groups that were trying to keep them out of the eyes of youth because the youth looked for these films that were banned and it i've said this as well it stood as kind of a badge of honor and i wanted to watch the movies that were i wasn't supposed to see you know, when you tell somebody that they can't do something, they automatically want to do that thing. I don't have all the answers. I don't believe that, you know, my opinion is the only opinion that matters. And I tried to get as many opinions as I could. But I believe a wise man once said, Life is very short, and there's no time for fussing and fighting, my friends. And I think that that's about as apt the way to look at this because life is short. There are, there are horrific things that happen all the time. Recently I was out in Anaheim with my family going to Disneyland for Christmas and I had somebody rob me at gunpoint. I could I could not be having this conversation with myself were it not that I didn't get lucky. And that's very scary it, that life is that fragile that with a it's all gone. I don't feel that it was rap music that drove the person to pull the gun on me. I don't feel it was a movie that he saw that brought him to that place. I feel that it's it's something much, much bigger that horror podcast has no place to try to find the reasoning for this, but if if you take away anything from this episode, let it be this. You are a unique individual. You look at the world different than I look at the world. We can look at the same skyline and see a different color blue and interpret it in our own unique way. Does it make my opinion of that color blue any more right than your opinion of that color blue? It's just different for us. So if it's different for you and it's different for me, how can the way that we look and consume art be the same? With that being said, that is my take on whether or not PC culture is ruining horror. I don't feel that it is. I I feel that it's better to understand your neighbor than to cast them out. 
And I, I also feel that when you stifle a person's creativity just because you do not agree with that person, then you're essentially stifling future generations who could be inspired by that person's opinion and create something wonderful that you do love. And you won't know unless you give people a chance to decide for themselves what they do and do not enjoy. If you agree with anything that I've said, um, or disagree, and you want your voice heard, um, you can, by all means, send me an email with either a voice recording or a, just like a written response at creaturefeaturespod at gmail.com. You could also write the podcast, interact with the show in a couple of different ways. You can start by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash creaturepod, uh, following us on Twitter and Instagram at creaturepod. That is going to do it for us for the month of January. I hope that you guys have enjoyed the podcast. If not, at least it's over. (laughs) But that's going to do it. So, for everybody that was a part of this episode, and for myself, again, my name is Chunky. This has been another episode of the Creature Features Podcast on GeeksOfTheIndustry.com, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Listen with someone you trust. Everybody's got to live And everybody's gonna die Everybody's got to live I think you know the reason why Sometimes I go and get so good Then again it gets pretty rough But when I have you in my arms, baby You know I just can't, I just can't get enough Uh, Oh yeah Everybody's gotta live Yes they do And everybody's gonna die Everybody try to have a good time I think you know the reason why I saw a blind man standing on the corner yesterday, baby He couldn't hardly tie his shoes But he had a harmonica and a guitar strapped around his neck And he sure could, sure could play the blues Oh yeah Everybody's gotta live And everybody's gonna die Everybody try to have a a good time I think you know the reason why I feel like I've seen just about a million sunsets She said if you're with me I'll never go away That's when I stopped and I took another look at my baby She said if you're with me I'll never go away